Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I created words. This week, we talk about Taoism, or is it Taoism? Great question. You will probably see this philosophy in two forms. Either you'll see it spelled T-A-O or D-A-O. They aren't different philosophies. Back in the day, the way to translate Chinese characters to Latin characters was called the Wade-Giles method, which spelled it with a T. Later, the Chinese didn't like this method much and switched to the Hanyu Pinyun method, which spelled it with a D. However, since we're in America, we got used to the letter T and didn't stop using it. So you'll see it's spelled with a T quite often. Regardless of how you spell it, it should always be pronounced with a D sound. So it isn't Taoism, it's Taoism. If someone says Taoism or the Tao, they're referring to the same thing. It's just translated differently because we have cultural insensitivity here in America. The man you'll often see credited with the with and attached to the idea of Taoism the most often is the man named is a man named Lao Tzu translating into old master. Sometimes this is Lausa, again, translations between languages that use their own characters to a Latin language is really arbitrary and hard because languages such as Chinese, Japanese, etc., they have symbols. You can't really call them all letters that represent specific sounds or represent a thing. Like there's a character for sun, I believe, in Chinese and I think in kanji. To be more specific in English, you know how you can pronounce the same letter in different ways? Like the A in cat isn't the same sound as the A in yacht. Uh, In Chinese or Japanese, they'll have different symbols for these sounds rather than just figuring out what sounds right as we do in English. Linguistics aside, the story is that Lao Tzu was an employee at the Imperial Archives somewhere between 4th century and 6th century BCE. However, the country got so littered with bureaucracy and corruption, Lao Tzu got tired of it and decided to peace out. On his way out of the country, a soldier that at the border knew who he was, and he knew about Lao Tzu's wisdom, so the soldier asked him, before you go, will you write all of your wisdom down? And Lao Tzu complied. From that came the book that's most often in, most often in, most often attributed with Taoism, the Tao Te Ching. This is a really cool story, and although the Tao Te Ching is the second most translated religious book in all of history, right behind the Bible, and all of these books have the same author, Lao Tzu, historians actually argue whether or not the guy ever actually existed. The story I just told you is actually one of many. So this story is broken into two parts. One of the stories, he wrote the Tao Te Ching in two parts. In another one, he wrote it in 15 parts. There's another story that says he was a court astrologer who lived during 4th century BCE. There's a ton of different accounts about the guy, and he's kind of an elusive figure. History really is just a a made-up set of, or an agreed-upon set of lies, isn't it? Uh, Who would have thought that the guy that wrote, quote, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, end quote, might never have existed. The historians that believe this say the Tao Te Ching isn't a book authored by this one dude, but instead it's a collection of thoughts and ideas from many philosophers, all part of the single idea of the Tao or Taoism. And that's possible because we definitely know that the ideas of Taoism existed well before Lao Tzu, coming up around 200 to 700 BC, which is before BCE. And this will make sense because a lot of the ideas in Taoism are similar to the ideas of Brahman found in Hindu history. So it could pop up a lot earlier. 
And, and whether Lao Tzu did or didn't exist shouldn't really matter much. If, you, if it turns you off from the idea of Taoism, well, that's not very Tao of you, as we'll learn later. There is another guy who's read a, who's read a fair bit in Taoism, a lot less well-known than Lao Tzu, is a guy named Zhuangzi. While Lao Tzu has more of an audience of emperors and kings, like the Tao Te Ching is made for rulers and whatnot. And so a lot of the things they mention is, how do you rule? How do you lead? And it'll talk about that. But Zhuangzi and his book titled Zhuangzi is just like Playboy Cardi's first album. It was aimed more towards the common man, just like Playboy Cardi's first album. There's a third person attributed to some of the beginnings of Taoism sometimes, and that's Zhang Daoling. Obviously, Dao is in his name. Uh, however, Zhang's ideas are a lot more religious in nature, involving being contacted by a higher power and getting access to celestial bureaucrats. Yeah, uh, you may think that Taoism is a godless religion, but it does indeed have some gods, prayers, deities, etc. A lot of people, especially in the West, tend to see tend not to see Taoism this way, and we will avoid those religious aspects here as well to keep it tied into the actual philosophies and ideas in Taoism because the religious stuff is religious stuff. I'm not here to indoctrinate you. I'm just here to teach you about Taoism and the ideas that you can use in your life. A lot of the ideas and philosophies are found and read in the Tao Te Ching, the, the ones that we're going to talk about here. This is the main text for Taoism, but it is far from the only one. Aside from Zhuangzi, there's countless other texts on Taoism. They simply aren't as well read or well known as the Tao Te Ching or Zhuangzi. The Tao Te Ching isn't a long read per se, but it is a confusing one. It's written with a ton of analogies and koans. Koans are contradictory or paradoxical statements meant to induce thought. For example, Wu Wei, the action of non-action, which is one of the most famous principles in Taoism, more on that later. Due to the use of analogies and contradictions, a lot of different interpretations exist of Taoism, and people will extrapolate the information in many different ways. With me, you'll see me relate it to a lot of things that I've talked about on this podcast before, and I'll use it to affirm the things that I've said, because... Well, that's my bias, of course. And with someone else, you may see them talk about how the Tao Te Ching predicted or talks about how climate change and factories are connected or whatnot, something like that. But the first thing we should probably touch on is that what Taoism is rooted in, which is, well, the Tao. And what is the Tao? Well, let's see what our totally real author Lao Tzu writes in the Tao Te Ching. Quote, the Tao that can be described is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be spoken is not the eternal name, end quote. Helpful, right? Well, kind of. The Tao is ineffable, and by attempting to describe it, you have failed in describing it. Language is something we use to identify things, something we use to box things in. Ineffable means unable to be described with words, which is a really cool word. The Tao is an all-encompassing, incomprehensible, and ineffable oneness. Again, by trying to describe it, you have failed to describe it. The Tao that can be described is not the eternal Tao, because the Tao is beyond language, a concept that I've brought up to you before. One thing the Tao is often referred to in the Tao Te Ching is water. That's how we. That's one of the analogies that is used a lot to understand the Tao. Quote, the supreme good is like water, 
which benefits all of creation without trying to compete with it. It gathers in unpopular places, thus it is like the Tao, end quote. Overall, the Tao is the basis of all existence. The Tao came before everything, and it is the source of everything. Think about the star that made the Big Bang. Then there's the idea of Li, translating into, quote, the markings in jade, end quote, or, quote, the grain of wood, end quote. It is the organic and natural order in the chaos that is nature. Take a snowflake, for example. To us, they're generally small white dots that come and go. They melt and not melt. However, when we zoom into one of these snowflakes with a microscope, we see these insane ice crystal structures on the snowflake, and they're incredibly complex. However, they do have an order to them. And then you look at, you know, when you look at the whole entire snowflake under that microscope, you see that there's a pattern in either each of the branches or the, the snowflake is symmetrical completely. I know when I was in kindergarten first grade we took paper we folded it into like a triangle and then we'd cut it up and then you'd unfold it and it made this snowflake-esque pattern and so snowflakes have similar patterns and it's super chaotic because of how complex it is however it has an order to it if you look at it long enough it will begin to have some semblance of pattern in it and it looks really good honestly it looks really cool Uh, since the Tao lies in the root of existence, although chaotic, there is order, and the universe takes care of itself for this reason. The sun goes up and the sun comes down. The rhythm of life and the universe conforms to creation, evolution, and destruction, something we've talked about before many, many times. And all of this happens without any force, without any effort, without resistance. The Tao Te Ching states that we should surrender to the Tao, and that a lot of our suffering comes from trying to fight the Tao. If we go back to the water analogy, the Tao is the river in which all things flow, and we spend a lot of our time trying to swim upstream, and this is what causes a number of our hardships. Rather, we should be like water, and we should flow with the Tao. These ideas of surrender and no effort lead us to the most well-known part of Taoism, or the well-known, most well-known idea of Taoism at the very least, Wu Wei, translating directly into, well, a lot of things non-action, effortless action, the action of non-action, Wu Wei isn't trying to say that you shouldn't act or do anything. Rather, it's becoming one with the Tao and acting without desire or intention, acting like water. Quote, water is the softest and most yielding substance, yet nothing is better than water for overcarming the hard and rigid, because nothing can compete with it, end quote. Similar to what Bruce Lee once said, quote, Be water, my friend. Empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. You put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend, end quote. A really great quote. Wu Wei says that we should utilize the power of gentleness, that we shouldn't expend unnecessary energy. We should reduce resistance. That results 
come not simply from how much energy you shove into something. Rather, results come from a series of actions. You may be able to relate this to the idea of working smarter, not harder. If we want to flow with the Tao, if we want to ride down the stream, we need to let go of our tendency to swim against it. In life, there's so much you don't control, from your bodily functions to how many people listen to your podcast. By letting go and simply focusing on what's in front of us, we will be able to work with much more efficiency. Honestly, this parallels incredibly well with the idea of flow, which coincidentally fits perfectly with the water analogy. Maybe Mihai Csikszentmihalyi was a big flow guy. And flow is the state of performance coined by research Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, where you're fully focused. In a sport, that is when you're fully plugged into the game. Every movement has a purpose. You feel like you can see two moves ahead. Or when you're working on a project, the state where it seems like the work is doing itself and you're a mere vessel. Within this state, time both slows down and speeds up. Your work feel like, feels like it took five minutes, but looking at the clock it was five hours you can't force yourself into this state the science has shown that it's not a state you can simply quote decide to go into end quote it's similar to sleep you can do things to increase your chances of attaining it so you can do things to increase your chance of falling asleep de-stress meditate read hot shower keep the temperature cool close your eyes lay down that, that's going to help however you can't really do anything to just fall asleep that's not an action you can do sleep is a is a noun it's it's a state of being it's not a verb you can't do sleep. Rather, like Wu Wei says, you must stop trying in order to achieve more. Is this paradoxical? Yes. Have you heard me say this before? Yes. This idea is of don't try is the famous first chapter in The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F by Mark Manson. Wu Wei ultimately boils down to doing without doing. We accomplish this through acceptance and attenuation of our desire. Attenuation being the slow reduction of our desire slow reduction because it takes time if you want to go ahead and not attenuate and eliminate you can do that too i guess if, you, if you're capable of that the last two ideas i want to share with you here is yin and yang within taoism as well as chi within taoism we've talked about yin yang before on this podcast in our episode on balance however in taoism yin yang is related to the idea of a hill there's a sunny side and a shady side those two these two opposite forces neither better than the other continue to swing back and forth like a pendulum neither side can exist without the other side no happy without sad no satiation without starvation no life without death Yang begins to grow when yin is at its peak, and yang begins to grow when yin is at its peak. The other idea is qi. Qi is the energy that creates everything. In science, we know that matter comes from energy, a specific form of it. Qi in Taoism is this energy. Although not the Tao, it is part of the Tao, which is a bit dumb to say since everything is a part of the Tao here, but you get the point. In Taoism, the idea of qi is focused on the cultivation of oneself through breathing exercises, diet, and meditation. It says that if you work on one aspect of your being, for example, you work on your body, then your mind and soul will improve as well. And this is something we've seen in science, your diet, your exercise, your loneliness, whether you meditate, these things have an impact on your mental and emotional well-being. This is why you'll often see Tai Chi associated with Taoism. It focuses on meeting incoming force with softness and re redirection rather than straight raw fighting like some of the other 
other martial arts or other forms of fighting and, and martial arts, it's a lot more soft. It's more be like water. You receive the impact and then redirect it. Psychologically, it or physiologically, not psychologically, physiologically, Tai Chi helps with blood circulation. It's honestly good for you if you're interested in doing it. Just health-wise, it's a pretty good idea. Overall, quote, can you coax your mind from its wandering and keep to the original oneness? Can you cleanse your inner vision and the ori- original until you see nothing but the light? Can you love people and lead them without imposing your will? Can you deal with the vital matters by letting events take their course? Can you step back from your own mind and thus understand all things? This is the supreme virtue, end quote. Lhasa. The Tao states that the only constant in the universe is that nothing is constant. All things are constantly evolving. Heck, some of the ideas of Taoism may have changed after 2.5 thousand years, moving between thousands of cultures, thinkers, and people. The Tao is a hard philosophy to grasp, especially if you haven't meditated and haven't experienced things like, quote, the Tao, end quote. The Tao Te Ching says this, quote, That which offers no resistance overcomes the hardest substances. That which offers no resistance can enter where there is no space. Few in the world can comprehend this teaching without words or understand the value of non-action, end quote. The idea of moving forward by not moving is weird. It doesn't make any sense. Literally, it doesn't. It is an oxymoron. But the fact that it doesn't make sense goes to show how language is limited. If I ask you what the sound is of one hand clapping or what is the color of wind, well, clapping doesn't exist without two hands. The definition of clapping is two hands, I mean, or at least two surfaces hitting each other or playing Apex Legends and winning. It's part of the definition. So that's already broken and wind is... I don't know, wind colored? These questions have no grammatical problems. They simply break language. They don't work. It twists our brains, especially since we've all grown up using language, obviously. That's how we communicate. That's how we get things across. That's how we get ideas across and elaborate on ideas. And language is incredible. I think I had an episode on language. I believe I had an episode on language. However, it does have its limits, and the Tao is one of those limits. We use language to create boxes, to identify things, to put things, again, in boxes. The Tao cannot be put into a box, which leaves us with trying our best to understand it, talk about it, and doing our best to further our knowledge in the Tao. And that's fine. That's great, even. You, you have to do the best that you can you can't give someone an experience. You can't share an. Ex- you can share an experience through language. You can't take someone through an experience that you once had exactly. And I mean, when AR VR comes out, maybe that'll be a thing that we can do. But for now, not possible. Following the Tao is extremely easy, while also being extremely hard. Next week, we'll revisit this topic. However, I have a point that I'm interested in showing you. So that's what we'll be doing next week. Until then, I have finished Spy X Family. It was absolutely adorable. Animation, art style, everything was so amazing. Seeing Anya and Yor animated was an absolute treat. It was so, so cute. I've also finished Oyasumi Pun Pun. It's dark. <laughs> it really made me think about my life 
where I'm headed, it is extremely thought-provoking, to say the least, which you know is enough to make a piece of art good. I don't know if I want to make an episode on it because it's all very depressing thoughts that it made me think. The manga really just makes you question how you got where you are in life and think about how you'll probably never get anywhere in the end. Uh, Oyasumi Punpun shows off something incredibly realistic with a somewhat unrealistic or at least uncommon story. I do recommend reading it, but I will give massive trigger warnings. Blood, death, violence, abuse. It is a toughie for sure. It's rough. I think that one of the things that always... I don't know I don't know if I can say that it hurts, but one of the things that I'll see in media and especially anime of course is sometimes you see these stories that don't have happy not sad endings either. They're not depressing endings that are just going to make you feel awful. It's not like assassination classroom or uh, your lion April or Charlotte or anything. Or yeah, a silent voice. Well, a silent voice actually isn't a sad ending. But it's not sad. It's not a sad ending in Oyasumi Punpun. Well, depending on who you are, I guess you could consider it sad. But it's not a happy ending either. It's an ending. It makes sense. The story's complete. You don't feel like you want more. You, it's just a story. It is a, a tale, a narrative. And it makes you think that's the most likely scenario. The thing is, I, everyone loves stories. Everyone loves movies. Everyone loves shows, of course. They're really good and the stories are great. Unless I guess apparently the last season of Game of Thrones is really bad. I never watched it, so I wouldn't know. But similar to a five centimeters per second, the, I think I've talked about that movie before. The ending is just, that's probably what would happen in life. Well, five centimeters per second was actually a pretty, like a generally realistic story. Or again, Oyasumi Punpun, it's not a realistic story. The things that happen in that manga are not going to happen to the average person. But the ending and the way that things worked out, it made sense. It That was the most logical resolution to the story. If you thought about it in a logical standpoint, you know how a lot of times if you bring logic into a show or a movie, it ruins everything. Here, it, the ending of Oyasumi Punpun was the logical conclusion of Oyasumi Punpun. Actually, there was another logical conclusion, honestly, but he, he decided not to go down that path, which I'm okay with. And the thing is, Oyasumi, it's just, it ends off at a point that makes you think that your life is going to go nowhere. It's just, it's really sad, to be honest. I mean, even for me, I put so many hours into even this podcast, my YouTube, and I love it. I'm going to continue to do that for as long as I possibly can. Even if I am always stuck, I my, my last Notion video just got 30 views in like 12 hours, which is actually pretty awesome. But it's, I, so hopefully well, that's growth. But I... You know, I don't know if these things will ever work, right? I don't know if anyone will ever watch this. I've been making this podcast for over two years now, and I'm I'm barely getting like 10 views per episode. And that's, yeah, I'm not really sad about it. I, I don't mind things like that. That doesn't affect me. I make this effing podcast talking about acceptance and being okay with things. If I got offended or hurt or sad about how my podcast gets, no, I, no that's, I don't, it's fine. Obviously, I would love it if it wasn't, you know, share it. You like it, 
subscribe i don't know rate it someone told me that they recently just figured out on spotify you can rate a podcast you can rate a podcast on spotify fun fact if you're on spotify please five star the podcast but look man oh read oya sumi boom boom that's what i'm gonna say i think that life is not a movie most people don't succeed and half the reason is because most people give up and a lot of times, everyone that has succeeded, they failed at some point, somewhere along the line. That or they started from zero and after trying hard enough. And a lot of times it is luck. There's a ton of luck involved. But I think that to a part of it, I want to believe that you can make your own luck. And that's something one of my friends says, who's uh, he's running his own business now, uh, Shade Robotics. I don't know if you do anything with robotics, but Shade Robotics, if you're interested. Uh, yeah, I- I've... I've gone well over 20 minutes now, even with all the cuts I'll have to make. So we'll go ahead and say that's all for this episode of Seriously Funny. Hopefully you enjoyed talking about the Dow. I thought it would be less work than what I usually do, but it was much more work than I usually do, which, which sucks a little bit. So we'll be careful when we do other, other topics and other philosophies that already exist. Regardless, thank you for listening. Next week, we'll re, not revisit the Dow, but we're going to revisit the ideas in the Dow and talk about something really interesting in history. And that will be next week. So I'll see you then or talk at you then. Much love. Don't swim upstream. Peace.